Okay, we are in Sefer Yechezkel, Perek Lamed Aleph, Pasuk Aleph, Vayihi Be'achas Esrei Shana, Vashlishi Be'achad Lachodesh. So let's see where we are. This will be the third Lamed Aleph of three consecutive Nevoos directed against Mitzrayim. We had three against Sar, we have three now against Egypt, and yet the Navi is going to look past Egypt. In talking about Egypt, it is going to use as an example directed against the other great empire of that time, Ashur. And Ashur, you will recall, conquered the entire known world, including the Asura Shratim, and exiled them. We know that Ashur had a foreign policy that really bordered on genius. What Sancheru would do was take the captive indigenous people of the territory conquered and mevalbel ha'amim, as the Gemara said, he would just intermingle all the nations. He would send these nations, the populations, to the far corners of his empire on the strength of the opinion that you're not going to make revolution if you're thousands of miles away from home. And it works. It also had very decisive halachic ramifications, Sancheru's policy of dispersal, on us to this day. You cannot ignore the halachic ramifications. For example, we have a law, a mitzvah in the Torah, that an Ammonite or a Moabite cannot join the Kehillah of Yisrael ever. And yet the Gemara tells us that since Sancheru dispersed these people and they are now so intermingled, there is no specific Ammonite nation. There is no specific Moabite nation. So this halacha from the Torah does not apply. Similarly, we have the uh, halacha of wiping out the seven Canaanite nations. But that's what the Gemara says. Thanks to Sancheriv, there are no indigenous seven Canaanite nations living in what was Canaan. They are so scattered and dispersed throughout the world that that halacha is no longer applicable. Interestingly, by the way, the one area where that hasn't changed the requirement from the Torah is Zohar es Amalek. No mention is made that Amalek is now completely dispersed. We need not concentrate our attention to it. Of course, the Mephoshim say that most likely, while there is no Amalek nation, Amalek is a generic term used for the enemies of Yisrael, whoever it may be at that time. And therefore, we still have that Chiyuv to destroy Amalek. So we see what Sancheriv had accomplished, its ramifications, and we are going to use this to Egypt as an example. So while the prophecy is against Pharaoh of Egypt, it really is directed to Sancheriv 
and Asher. And what it is, is a profound history lesson. It is the lesson of history being strewn with just shattered empires. Empires that have had their moments in the sun, their glory, and then disappear from the world stage forever. And again, what the Navi wants to stress here, and we will see it time and time again, what brought these nations down was one word, gaiva, arrogance. They began to internalize the belief that because they were so wealthy, so powerful, so mighty, so admired, it was their own doing. It was their own arrogance. And we know, we have Midrashim that say, nothing is done in history without the concern of Yisrael, how it affects B'nai Yisrael. There's a beautiful Agadita in the Gemara that tells us that a palace that a king builds with shade may be a thousand years later, the specific purpose would be that it's Sadiq, that Jews is going to pass under it and get the shade from the sun. In other words, it's very Judeo-centric, but it is reinforced time and time again. Everything in this world was created for Am Yisrael, and we will develop that more as we go on. And so now we go to the Nevoah. In the 11th year, whenever you see it is the reign of Sikiyahu. The 11th year of Sikiyahu is the year of the Churban. So it's Bashlishi Echad Lachodesh. It is um, the first of Sivan. God comes to me. And the first of Sivan in this year, if you're doing the math, it is two months and nine days before the actual destruction of Yerushalayim. And the Kaddish Baruch Hu says to me, Ben Adam, Emor El Paro, say to Pharaoh, and again we must stress that this punishment that will be visited on Paro Melech Mitzrayim is not because you might think we're avenging once again the Shibud Mitzrayim, the slavery in Egypt. That was 900 years ago. Theoretically, that was avenged. We are avenging the total failure of Mitzrayim as a friend, as an ally. Again, B'nai Yisrael went to them in the days of Sancheirev, went to the days in the days of um, Vavel, and pleaded with them, make an alliance, protect us, let's mutually defend, totally against Yirmiyahu's instructions in the Kaddish Baruch Hu, because should not their faith have been in the Kaddish Baruch Hu, not in Mitzrayim. And again, each time with Sancheirev, with Nebuchadnezzar, Mitzrayim totally fails them. It leaves them standing in the battlefield alone, bereft, vulnerable. They just don't show up. And the ramifications are historical and disastrous. They are destroyed because of it. And this is what the vengeance of the Kaddish Baruch Hu is focused on. So focus on Paro, El Hamono, his nations, El Mi Domisa 
Begodlecha. And to his multitude. And it says to him, El Misa Begodlecha. Paro, who of all the nations of the world do you use as a role model, as it were? Do you look up to? Do you model your own dreams of empire? Hine Ashur, behold, Assyria, the mightiest empire of its time. And the Navi metaphorizes it to a giant cedar of Lebanon, a metaphor of strength and towering beauty. Ashur Erz Bilbonon, Yefei Anaf, beautiful of branches. Um, the Choresh Mitzayas, thick in shade, the Gavoa Koma, tall, mighty of stature, Ubein Avosim and its crown is among its thick branches. You cannot miss the elevation of its crown. Moreover, continues in our description, Mayim Gijaluhu Tahom Ramamoseha. Water just nourished it. The depths just grew from the rivers which flowed around its bed, symbol of prosperity, of might. And what it did, it sent forth the streams that surrounded it and nourished it was sent forth to all of its fields around it, meaning the entire nations of the world. Mayim Gedulo to home, as we say, flooded uh, the entire world with prosperity. Alkein Gova Komoso, Mikol Atsei Hasadeh, its height, its stature far exceeded any of the trees of the field. Its branches just multiplied, growing longer. Sending it forth because of its abundant waters. And in its branches, every bird of the heavens nested, meaning other nations, other satellites. And under its branches, Vatachas Parasov, Yoldu Chayas Hatsadeh, every beast of the field literally gave birth, dwelt in tranquility. Ubitsilo Yeshru Kol Goyim Rabin. In its shadows, all the nations dwelt as satellites. So we see what a powerful cedar of Lebanon it was, its greatness. And continues the Navi, Vayefigodlo. Um, even cedars could not, couldn't obscure it. Other cedars, mighty, tall, but nothing is mighty, nothing is tall as the cedar of Lebanon that Asher represented. Its roots were on abundant waters. Waters, of course, we know is the secret of the empire prosperity of Egypt and of Ashur. It had these abundant waters that just allowed prosperity and growth and harvest and produce. Even Arazim Loamamahu, other cedars standing there, could not uh, obliterate the view from its top 
Gan Elohim, it was as if it is in God's garden, in Gan Eden, so beautiful, so mighty, so powerful. It's as if it was growing in Gan Eden. Kroshim, the cypress tree, which is a mighty tree in its own right, Lodomuel Saposo, couldn't compare to its boughs. Varmonim is the chestnut tree. Lohoya Kifora, so there was nothing like the branches. Kol Eitz began Elohim, Lo Doma Elov Biyofyo. There was nothing in God's garden, and this could be metaphorizing Gan Eden. There was nothing in Gan Eden that is beautiful, or it compares with the beauty of Gan Eden in its sheer beauty. Lachain, Koamar Hashem Elohim. And now, says the Kaddish Baruch Hu, Yan Asher Gavata Bekomar. You, Asher, because you grew arrogant, remember that is the key, arrogance. It is arrogance that brings down these empires. It is the um, gaiva. And here you grew haughty. And even as you became prouder and prouder, your heart grew mighty in its arrogance about what you had created or thought you had created. And now, what did I do with Asher? And remember, we're talking to Egypt. I delivered him into the hands of the strongest nation, Biad Ail Goyim, talking about Nebuchadnezzar, Osuya Selo Kirisho Girashahu. And I gave Nebuchadnezzar the right to deal freely with him, commensurate with the degree of his evil, and Girashiha. That's it. I drove him out. His hour in the sun had passed, a mighty empire brought down by its own gaiva. By Yechusu Zorim, again, the fiercest of nations, and this would be Nebuchadnezzar, the Kazdim, and the Bavliim. So they all, continuing with that tree metaphor, by Yechu Elohorim, it cut those trees down. It abandoned it. It fell upon the mountains and all the valleys. It fell on the channels of the earth and all the nations of the earth that so had worshipped it, that were such satellites, that were its captives. What happens? Forsook it. They abandoned it. Asher is reduced to nothing from the greatest empire ever assembled to that point to absolutely nothing, practically overnight. Continues the Navi. Alma palto yishkenu kol of hashamayim, val paroso koyu kol chayas hasodeh. And it's ruins. It is in desolation. And on that desolate ruin, every bird of heaven that once rested in its branches drawing succor and tranquility, now is become the prey. The birds feed off for it. They cannibalize it. Um, and again, every beast of the field, which it fed and nourished, now turns against it 
and feeds off it, plunges it, etc. And why does it do this? So that none of these water-nourished trees should ever become again arrogant with their stature and they should not place their crown. They shouldn't put their crown of greatness and gaiva. And all its water that was the source of its strength is given over to death. Like mortal man, they will descend to the pits of the netherworld. Empire is over. So this again is a lesson to Egypt. Omar, Koamar Shemalakim, Biyom Ridatu Sha'ola. On that day, he descended. The whole mighty empire descends to the Shoal, to the netherworld. Hevelti Kisisio Lovis to home. It enters the depths. And then what I did on that day, I withhold its rivers. Emnana Roseho. And the abundant waters ceased. The Akhtir, I darkened all of Levanon, the Cholatse Hasada, all of Alpeh. All of it grew faint because of him. Again, in the flash of a second, I destroyed the greatest seemingly permanent empire of the world overnight, reduced them to nothing reduce them to an abandoned wasteland. Hirashti goyim bahodade, mikol mipalto hashiu goyim bahodade, I um, made the nations tremble. These nations that once trembled in Yira against, uh, towards Ashur and lived in tranquility and peace and joy, thinking this would never end, so I caused the trembling when I brought him down to the grave. Then the trees of Aden, Gan Aden, were comforted, uh, as it were, the choicest and best of Lebanon, all that drank water. Now the trees of Gan Aden, as it were, whose only competition, metaphorically, were these cedars of Lebanon, now react in triumph. Continues the Navi, Yud Zion. Gamhu told Yardusha Ola El Khalale Kherev. They too, all the satellites, all the hangers on, they descended with him to the depths, uh, along with all the massive empire and supporters, who all these years, Yashu Bitsilo Batoch Goyim, who had lived in the shade of his tranquility, again, overnight nothing left. And this is the mashal to King Paro. This is who you're modeling yourself after. So whom repeats the question, who did you model yourself after? El Midomisa, Kacha Bechlod of a Godel, who was like this in, in honor and glory and strength, Ba'atse Aden, in having the trees worthy of Gan Aden, 
And now, you, Paro, the Hurata es Atze Eden el Eretz Tachtit, you too will descend to the depths, betocharelim, among the uncircumcised, meaning those who do not accept the covenant. Tishkav es Charo you will lie among, as we say, the Arelim, with the slain of the sword. This is your Paro, Paro v'chol Hamono, all of his people, Nom Hashem Elohim. And so we just reinforce that the inconstancy of empire, that history is filled with the Sancheirevs, the Paros, and the Buchadnezars, and yet Am Yisroel is still here. And so, with that message, we go in Yitzchak Shemin to Shavuos as to the eternal survivor of B'nai Yisrael, the Kaddish Baruch Hu, even in the darkest of hours of Golos, will be with us in Golos. There is not Hester upon him, and will lead us back from this Golos in 70 years to build the Bias Shani in the time of the exile as well. And so we conclude the Nevuos Taparo. Again, all you need to know is Gaiva brings down the mightiest of empires and the Kaddish Baruch Hu, the timeline of history is for Eretz Yisrael. Everything done, everything created, everything that is manipulated is done for the Bnei Yisrael. Adkan, 8.45 a.m. next week, Tuesday morning, Adkan.